Coach, thanks for joining me today on this simple Coach to Coach interview. Appreciate you taking the time. Grateful for it. I know you're busy. Lots of stuff going on, even though it's postseason. You're, <laughs> it never stops, seemingly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, hey, thank you. Thanks for, for tuning in. Um, do appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Like I, like I told you, I, I've watched a, a bunch of these to get uh, coaches' insights, so it's good to be on here. Oh, great. Um, now you will be providing those insights. Um, so, hey, you're uh, – I always start with the basics since we've never spoken before. Um, this is your second year as head coach, second, third, second yeah, year? Yeah, just just wrapped up the second season at St. Vincent, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, can you just talk about your your soccer journey and how you ended up at at St. Vincent? In by the way, Latrobe, PA, famous beer brewing distillery of um in Latrobe. But anyhow, yeah. sorry. Yeah, La- Latrobe if Latrobe if you're from Latrobe, if you're not Oh, from really? Latrobe, yeah, that's what oh. I play my time here. So I think the locals okay. still call it Latrobe. Latrobe. See? Yeah. I've consider I consider my day complete. I've learned something new. There you go. Probe. Okay. Um, but anyhow, I've, yeah, I've had a. Uh, it's been a pretty like uh, kind of unique coaching um, trajectory. I started out as as a lot of guys do. I was a a grad assistant um, at a really tiny, uh, you know, small Catholic college called Mount Aloysius, which is about yeah. it's only about an hour and a half east from from St. Vincent. So. Um, I, I grew up, you know, Philadelphia area, played NCAA Division Three soccer, uh, knew I wanted to coach in some capacity, you know, wasn't sure at what level or in, you know, you know, what, you know, Division One, Two, Three, you know, high school, whatever it may be. Um, so I got a grad assistant uh, gig and said, you know, hey, let's let's do it for two years. Um, midway through the second year, the uh, the head coach uh, p- uh, packed up and left. He, he got another coaching job. Um, and I was, you know, 24 years old and, and they made me the head coach of both the, the men's and women's teams at the same time. Oh yeah. Uh, hey, let's just make it even more complicated. Yeah. For you. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I always joke with people. I think we had two or three guys on, on that first team that were older than me. Um, so it was, uh, it was, yeah, we had, we had some international players there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had, you know, probably a couple English guys or Jamaican guys that were older than me. So, um, it was a, uh, it was a whirlwind to get started. Kind of got just thrown into the fire and, um, we were able to have a good measure of success there versus what they had, you know, prior to the coaching staff when I got there in 2012 arriving. So I stayed there thinking I was going to live there for two years and then probably venture back towards Philly. Uh, I ended up staying there, to, you know, close to seven years, um, had a lot of fun, a lot of success on the field, you know, great kids that we coached. And then, um, but I, you know, I felt like I almost skipped a step, you know, in terms of how to, how to run a program, you know, how to learn from someone. So, uh, I was fortunate enough in 2019, I got hired by Aaron Sullivan to be, uh, his, his first assistant coach at Williams college and, and get to coach in the NESCAC and, you know, obviously yeah. pretty much the top league in division three yeah. as, as we've seen, t- you know, year in and year out. So, yeah. um, that was a really cool experience for, for three years up there. Uh, a lot of stuff happened. COVID happened. You know, we didn't, we weren't, NESCACs weren't allowed to go recruit for like an entire year. So uh, learned a lot about how to virtually recruit and how to try to get ins and outs of kids without meeting them in person. And, um, you know, after the 2021 season up there, you know, my wife and I, we knew we wanted to eventually get closer to family. Her family's from out this way. Uh, my family's from out in the, in the Philly area. 
So we're looking at some potential head coaching positions. I knew I wanted to get back to being a head coach. Mm. Um, and St. Vincent came open. I had coached against them two or three times uh, when I was at Mount Aloysius. So mm-hmm. I was familiar with the the college and the campus and knew a couple of the people here. And it just, yeah, it's, it's, it, was a, it was a good fit at that time too. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask where, where in Philly? So I grew up right, right where Arcadia University is, the castle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone knows it for the castles, yeah. A couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. toured around there. So, yeah, yeah. right. I uh, grew up blocks from, from Arcadia. So, yeah, I always, I always joke I, uh, I ended up playing college soccer, but I had one, one college basketball offer to play uh, on a basketball team, but it was at Arcadia. And I yeah. just said I, I, I'll go anywhere else in the country but three blocks from my, my parents' <laughs> yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's a real common thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't want to go far, but I don't want to be so close, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Um, that's interesting. Um, it, let, this might be a loaded question, so you don't. If it's, it, I mean, were you when when you got the Saint Vincent job? Did you, were you hired for a purpose? Like, did did they? Did, the athletic director did they, is there something going on at St. Vincent they were like hey we want you to come in this is our long term trajectory we want you to make us Williams yeah right? yeah like, I think I think um you know so so the I think the background to it was I mean the St. Vincent soccer programs both the men's and women's programs had struggled for you know a long time you know over a decade um they had a coach who was similar to what, when I started coaching, he was coaching both the men's and women's teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there just wasn't, you know, much of a measure of success, but I think the administration, you know, of the school, when they opened up a, a search for a new coach, they opened up a search for a new women's coach and a new men's coach um, mm-hmm. at the same time. So I think the administration, father Paul, who's our president, uh, Dr. Jeff Mallory, who's our um, vice president. Um, they were, you know, they are guys that are serious about, you know, athletic success you know, mm-hmm. in all capacities. And I think mm-hmm. um, they just wanted a, a more, you know, well-rounded, successful uh, soccer setup here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I got hired. My first day was, I think, the last day of January of 2022. Um, but Brian Butler, our women's soccer coach, you know, he started, I think, four days before me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they want um, – there's, there's a lot more, uh, I guess, uh, support to have athletic success here now at St. Vincent. Mm-hmm. Um you know, not only like upgrades to facilities, like they put in, they upgraded our weight room last summer, like did a complete renovation of our weight room. Um, They just put in uh, stadium lights at our, at our turf field. So now, Oh, you did. Yeah. Yeah. It it got put in, um, they got put in late, late summer this, this year. Um, So we're able to see those. Yeah. It must've been, must've been after when I stopped by. Yeah. And they have plans to like make that turf set up, that you uh-huh. saw more of a stadium feel as opposed yeah. to just a turf field that it's a nice location right in the the middle of campus for students to come out, but yeah. to have stadium seating and a press box. And now we have lighting at the field so we can play night yeah. games. So, um, and then the next, the next major capital project at the college is a, is an indoor athletic field house. Um, uh-huh. So that'll have an indoor turf field and an indoor track. Yeah. Um, and, and really will be, you know, a really nice facility. And that go, that'll be like, right across the street kind of caddy corner to where our outdoor turf is. So, um, so yeah, I think they have a lot more, um, you know, a lot more, uh, expectations to, you know, have success here. And, um, so I think they wanted to bring in coaches that had been at, 
you know, successful programs. I was at Williams. I think Brian, the women's coach, was coming off a stint at, at Montclair mm-hmm. State on the women's side. So yeah. both programs were, you know, kind of national contenders. Yeah. Um, you know, what's interesting is I, I had um, – this is sort of off the beaten path, but I, I had uh, the president of Adrian College uh, on and uh, talked to him, and he wrote a book about small schools. And he is a at Adrian College a huge proponent of athletics as a means for the school to drive enrollment and and alumni engagement and all all these different things. It was really interesting. And and I look at Saint Vincent. No, when I go to these places, when I visited, I had no expectation. I think I must have played you guys back in the eighties, many, many moons ago. Yeah, and I was surprised that, oh my gosh, like the facilities that you have. Obviously, the football stadium and those grass fields because of the of the Steelers, right? Sure, sure. Uh, um, but then the turf field that's dedicated to whatever soccer, lacrosse, field hockey, whatever you got there, mm-hmm. um, and and sort of all of the facilities. The gym was still undergoing some work. It was, I mean, super impressive. So yeah, um, I, I could totally buy into the fact that you're hired to elevate the program, right? Like yeah, because yeah. You're getting everything. Yeah, I don't want to say you're getting everything. Everybody, every place does it, but you're you have all of those tools available to you to really make it a place where, you know, kids could be attracted. I'm like, hey, I would I wouldn't mind playing at St. Vincent. Look at what I get. You know, great school, great you know, school of faith, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If it aligns, you got it all. So yeah, I rambled. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, hey. Uh, Maybe you could just talk a little bit about the the president the the pack the president's athletic conference um, um, and competitively where you see yourself with the other teams that sort of thing. I always try to ask coaches their perspective on the conference. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, you know I think it's uh, it's a super balanced league. Um, you know, I I. Uh, I think before we played Waynesburg this year, Treg, the, the Waynesburg coach, uh, kind of um, related to the CONCACAF, or I think that's what he, he uses. It was just any anybody can really – honestly, anybody can beat anyone on any given day. Um, and I think uh, the results, you know, kind of bared that out throughout the season. Um, you know, particularly in the last two seasons, it's been um, – you know, we've been obviously towards the bottom and haven't cracked through into the top six for the playoffs, but – you know, we've, we've been able to, you know, really compete, kind of go toe to toe with, with the, the teams that end up winning it, you know, or end up in the conference championship game. So um, I think that's that's the fun part of it. There's not there's not really a, you know, a match day where you where, you know, going in like, hey, if we just, you know, if we roll the ball and just play today, we're going to win five um, nil. It's it's really, um, you know, it's really a balanced league in that regard. And I think there's really some contrasting styles that make it. Uh, you know, make it a fun league to play in too, just as a coach to like game plan and prepare for, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the difference of what you're going to see in, you know, Grove city versus like Westminster versus, you know, Chatham. It's, it's, um, you know, it's, in, it's interesting to see that. Whereas some leagues like, you know, I know in NESCAC, it, it kind of had its reputation as a league mm-hmm. at, at large. Um, here, I think a lot of teams use, use some contrasting styles, um, which, which make it fun. Um, like I said, to prepare for. So, yeah, I think that's that's 
for me, the, the thing that jumps out the most is just from one to 11. Like I think, um, Teal, Teal college might've finished, um, at the bottom in, in our standings, but they, they drew with, I mean, they drew with us, um, and they drew with Grove city who made it to the conference championship game. And, and in my eyes is, you know, they haven't won it, um, in the last couple of years, but they've been, you know, the top team in my eyes, Grove city has been, so that's, that just shows kind of the nature of, of the league, I think. Yeah. Is it, is it fluid year to year? Like, is it, is there, is, is it a type of league where Grove or, um, you know, Geneva finished first, what Grove city won it tournament, I think. Um, yeah, this it, year it, was Geneva. Geneva got both. Um, oh, they did. Okay. Postseason, season. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's been, it's been super like, I think when I took the job, I looked, I think the last like seven or eight years, there's been six different conference champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. WNJ might've repeated. Mm-hmm. Um, they won during the COVID year, the spring season, and they might've won the year before that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think Geneva's won. Um, Westminster's won. Um, yeah, there's been Franciscan won last year. Yeah. Bethany won the year before that. So it's been a, you know, kind of a crapshoot yeah. in terms of who wins yeah. it. Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting. I've, I've been to a number of those the schools in the in the pack, and 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 I mean, the little bit of soccer knowledge that I have about the the individual teams, it, the the they're great schools. You know, like you just you, you can't go wrong in in any of those places. But um, let me ask you because I mean, you you, you have this. Hey, you start. You started very early you, at Mount Aloysius. Then you go and you learn a lot. Probably, like as a, I would assume, you were a sponge at the NESCAC, right? Because <clears throat> who wouldn't want that type of experience? But you know, at, at St. Vincent, how how big of a deal is your is team culture for you and 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 what you do and and how important is it for you to where you want to get the program eventually? Yeah, I think um, when I first got here, it was, um, you know, it was really a program that only operated from August through November. And then when the season was over, they were like, all right, we'll see you again next preseason. There wasn't, uh, I'm sure they were doing spring practices and things, but there wasn't really a lot of care for offseason and, you know, year round program. And, and even in Division Three now, we have, you know, they've upped it to 24 days in, in the yeah. spring semester. And, um, you just get more time together and, and you got to make the best use of that time. Um, but yeah, I, I think prior, you know, there just wasn't, you know, that soccer culture. Um, so that was a big thing, you know, in year one and two, like that we were trying to recruit to was, was simply, can we just get guys that, um, you know, have a mindset to be like a year round footballer? Like they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're just as excited, um, you know, at, at a February, you know, 7 a.m. or 8 p.m. lift, you know, in the gym um, as they are with day one of preseason. And they really, em- you know, kind of embrace that, um, you know, that that year round uh, philosophy. So I think that's that's been, you know, I think in, in the first year I was here, that was the big thing we were trying to push through more than anything um, was just, you know, a day in and day out soccer culture. Um, and now I think last spring, you know, was was the next step towards that. I think the team, um, we, we had leaders and I think the, the leaders, you know, the upperclassmen on our team, um, finally like took hold uh, of the program themselves a bit, which is important. Like I think last spring, you know, this, well, this past spring, I guess, 
um, of, of 23 was I started seeing the evidence that like the team was taking, um, was taking the program itself by, by the reins, as opposed to just the coaches, you know, the coaches saying something that had to be followed versus this is how we do things here. And I think that was, this press spring was the first time we saw that. Um, we have an amazing leader, one of our amazing leaders on our team, Eduardo uh, Rica, who's from Brazil. Um, you know, he, he was kind of the, you know, spearheaded that certainly some other guys, Jose Hurtado and, um, some other upperclassmen, our senior group this year was great. So I think that was kind of the next step, but yeah, I mean, it's hugely important. I think, um, when I first got here, we had, we had one, I remember one, uh, initial, you know, initial sit down I had with a player where he didn't understand like why he had to invest in his teammates off the field. Like he just (laughs) thought like, I'm coming to practice, you know, I'm working hard. I respect my teammates and I'm, you know, and, and even at a professional level, obviously that's not enough, but a professional level, they all have, you know, their own families, their own, their own lives outside of their coming to the facility. Um, but in college it's, it's all encompassing, right? You're, you're with your, your mates like every single day, you know, you're with them in class, you're with them. So if you're not, if you're not invested, like you can't fake that, uh, once August comes around. And I think that's, that's where you see the difference, like, towards the mid to late parts of the season are the teams that can really, you know, take those up and downs and their, their culture is strong enough and their, their buy-in strong enough that um, they can still get results late, even if they've had some negative results. So yeah. I think that was like kind of the twofold process here was like, can we get, get the guys into a year round football and mindset? And then we, can we get the guys to take ownership of the things that we've been preaching, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Where do you where do you recruit from? Because I'm I'm looking in the first person that pops up as a freshman. So I'm 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 blaming you. It, like that's your your recruit, yeah. right? Um, is a kid from Yorba Linda, California. Yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm like, wow. Where do you, where is your where do you recruit from? What's your primary area? Yeah. So um, I've always you know I've always been a coach that's tried to recruit. Um, you know, nationally, the first college I was at, uh, Mount Aloysius, we were able to recruit internationally, um, you know, with some academic scholarships they had there. Um, but here, you know, I, and, and obviously at Williams was a national, you know, was a national recruiting landscape. So I learned kind of the national scene a lot more in those three years. So when I got here, I, I knew I wanted to try to make some inroads in Pittsburgh. There's some good Pittsburgh talent. Mm-hmm. Um but like I went to, I think my one of my first recruiting weekends when I was at St. Vincent, I went to the Beadling Showcase mm-hmm. um, down in Pittsburgh, uh, and I think every single pack school was there. So I was like, <laughs> you know, there's eleven, and we're all close in, ge- you know, in geography. Yeah. Um, so you know, I was like, you know, there's eleven of us plus the Ohio schools plus some of the AMCC schools I used to coach against, and you know, there's twenty to twenty five Division three schools that are all re- trying to recruit Pittsburgh. So. Um, you know, I made the conscious decision, like, let's recruit nationally. Like, let's go to some of these national uh, ECNL events, ECRL events. Um, and, you know, let's pull some guys that are looking for um, a Division three liberal arts college soccer experience. Mm-hmm. And I think states like California, uh, Arizona, Florida, uh, we have a player from Utah. Um, they just we have one one guy from. Texas, like they just, yeah. yeah, some of those states like California and Texas have some good division three colleges. Um, you know, Florida doesn't, you know, Florida it's, you play D one D two or you play NAIA. So I think that was, you know, that was kind of a a conscious decision. Like let's try to, let's try to pull some talent from all around the country. And and I Mm -hmm. think our freshman class, 
this fall, like was kind of embodied that, you know, Grant, who's the goalie you mentioned from California. Um, we have Cam, who's a midfielder from Texas. Logan, who's a defender from Florida. Mattia, who's a forward from Connecticut. So we've really just, you know, branched outside of our immediate circle to, to find yeah. good, good, good players, good students. Yeah. Bunch of Jersey kids too. Yeah. Yeah. Most of that comes from, we have a relationship with St. Benedict's prep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not a yeah. bad place to have a yeah. relationship. Yeah. Soccer powerhouse. So, <laughs> yeah. um, St. Vincent was the first, uh, Benedictine uh-huh. institution in the country. Oh. Um, so okay. St. St. Benedict's is one of the, uh, schools that these Benedictine, you know, priests yeah. and, and brothers branched out and, and yeah. founded St. Benedict's. So now there's yeah. a, you know, it's kind of a feeder school to set to yeah. St. Vincent in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been able to get some, some good players that have international backgrounds, you know, yeah. from, from that, uh, relationship. Yeah. That is not a bad pipeline nah, at all. Nah. Yeah. At going, all. Out, going out to St. Benedict's, I, I went last winter, uh, like just watching training sessions there is great. Yeah, you know, you, 30, 30, 35 level. really good high school players. Yeah. It's a different level. Like yeah. really in the high school world here, it's a totally different level, but, um, okay. So, so why don't you give me, since it's your second full season that you, I'll say you had a full cycle for, right. You didn't, you weren't just showing new and sort of jump, you know, thrown into the fire, but yeah. How, how do you think your season went? Yeah. I mean, we were like results, results wise. And, you know, our, our goal to get into this, the top six, we were um, certainly like disappointed by it. Um, you know, cause set up, set a preseason goal. Don't reach it. You're going to be disappointed. Um, but I thought the team, the team really embodied how we want to play ultimately, like how we want to win here. Um, like we, once we got into the brunt of conference play, like we were an incredibly hard team to break down. We were a really good defensive team. Um, we had trouble in terms of final third and, um, you know, generating goals. I mean, set piece, set piece delivery and finishing was a huge issue for us. Um, but our guys, you know, um, I thought for the first time, like, you know, and I think that carried off our spring season, like really embodied how we want to play, how we want to win here. Um, just being really, really, really tough to break down defensively, um, being a really good pressing defensive team. Um, you know, and I think if, if we, you know, if we can bring in, you know, a few, a few players to help, um, you know, it can, it can kind of turn the tide on those results. I think our first, I want to say our first eight conference games were all decided by a goal. Um mm-hmm. And I don't think we allowed more than one goal in those those first eight conference games. So it was, yeah. it was funny. It was like you know, before the game, co- you know, coaches would have our little pregame chat. Be like, yeah. you know, you always like, all right, who's 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 getting, you know, what what's going to happen today? And uh, you know, our assistant coach joked, well, it'll be it'll be zero zero in the 80th minute, and then <laughs> somebody will score, and and that'll decide yeah. the game. Like as much as we prepared and everything, and that's, um, but that was also just like, we were, you know. I told our guys even the last like couple weeks of the season, like I'm, I'm really proud of how you guys are playing and performing. You know, if we keep doing this over time, the results will come. Um, and that was, you know, that was the unfortunate part. We just, if we found, honestly, I think if we scored, you know, two goals in conference play and one of those one, nothing losses and flipped them to one, nothing wins, you know, then we're in the conference playoffs and yeah. we're, you know, we're not disappointed with the season. So it's hard yeah, to, yeah. it's hard to just, you know, take in the results. I thought, we were way, way, way more competitive than St. Vincent has has traditionally been. I just look at those games, right? The ties and the one goal losses, yeah. and I'm like, if you could flip those, and I have set, I counted seven. 
Yeah. So there yeah. are seven one goal games, and most of those are in a number of those are in conference. Yeah. Like you would a uh, that's a remarkably different. You'd be in a much different standing. Yeah. Than, yeah. Than where where you end. Yeah. Up. And like Allegheny, they scored against yeah. us in the 88th minute. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm trying to think yeah. of something like. Uh, Waynesburg was with like 20 minutes left. Geneva was a late second half goal. Franciscan yeah. was a second half goal. So, um, you know, it was games that were hanging in the balance and, and, yeah. uh, you know, they found the finish before we did similar, like we played Bethany, we beat them one, nothing. It was, just, you know, we scored a late goal. Yeah. Westminster, we were down one, nothing late and we scored two late goals. So, uh-huh. um, it was just, yeah, really, really competitive team that, yeah. uh, but we got to find ways to, to score yeah. earlier in games. It's like you need to you need to have that I would say like you, you need to be a one goal team, right? One goal a game team. So yes. that you know you're going to get a goal. Like that's your average. Yeah. And then you're gonna have games where you outperform that and, and I that that puts you at an advantage, right? Yeah. Where I think a lot of team I, I try to break it down to the most fundamental. Like I want a goal sure. a game. Right. Yeah. Well, on the flip side, you want a goals against that's less goals than against. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, so, that's the whole, you know, yeah. And that was like, we played, we played Fredonia, SUNY Fredonia, um, in our non conference slate, and they scored mm-hmm. five goals in the first half against us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like our almost a turning point in a way. Cause after that, mm-hmm. it was like our guys were, you know, way, way, way more, more determined, kind of fed up in a way. And it's like, yeah, you know, we're, we're not going to be this type of team. So, um, they really took that to heart. And, and I think after that game, you know, I think we gave up yeah, maybe one goal, big... you know, in, in almost every game or yeah. less or shut out until yeah. the final couple of matches. So, yeah, that's true. I just noticed that like, it, I mean, you, you, you weren't close in Bridgewater, Mount Aloysius and yeah. then Fredonia. And then all of a sudden you sort of, I mean, you become, it's like respectable soccer, right? And like that close. Yeah. That's where the majority of those games are, those seven games where it's like, well, if you just flip those yeah. to being on your side. That's the tough part, right? It's tough yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hit the I have this easy button here that I just hit every time. Like, ah, oh, yeah. Be a one goal one goal yeah. game team. You know, it's of, easy. Come on. Coaches are, just trying, coaches are just trying to will the ball into the back of the net. Yeah. You know, I <laughs> yeah. think I think I think it might have been Chatham our last game. We hit the crossbar once and the post twice, and it was just like, oh my gosh! Yeah. He's like, what are you gonna do? You know, what are yeah, you gonna yeah. do? So uh, you um, you have those games, right? Where it's like yeah. it doesn't matter. There's Saran wrap or something yeah, on the goal yeah. that just it's just not going in, right? So. Yeah. Um, hey, you have any highlights in your mind? Like when you think back, like oh, what was? You know, was there a particular game where you're like, man, this this is this is it? This yeah. is where I think we need to be. Yeah, I mean, I think the Westminster match for us, like it was a home, it was a home conference opener, so it was first conference game. Um, they scored like a crazy goal uh, midway through the first half, a uh, long shot from distance, um, and it just, you know, as as the game was progressing, it just felt like okay, like you know, it's one nil, and then I think they made. Um, you know, they kind of made a strategic, like, okay, let's, let's, you know, from trying to get the second goal, they had a couple opportunities early in the second half to get the second goal and they didn't get it. Um, so I think they made like the conscious decision, like, okay, let's try to, let's try to see this game out now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of St. Vincent teams in the past would have lost that game one, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there was just frustration building, you know, you mm-hmm. could sense it. 
Um, but our guys just kept like, just kept, kept being hungry around goal. And, um, we scored two goals in the last, I don't even know, six, seven minutes of the game, mm-hmm. um, from my memory. And, and it was like, you know, the game was over and it was like kind of shock on both sides. Like, you know, it's always that where you get that late, the late game winner is always like, yeah. you know, cause they went from, okay, we're going to win this game one, nothing to yeah. in the span of minutes. Oh, well, now we're losing two to one and there's a minute left. So uh, I think that was, that gave, that gave me a lot of, I think that gave the team and, and, and our coaches a lot of confidence that we could compete. Um, you know, Westminster's always gonna, been a good team. Um, and I, you know, I mean, obviously the other, you know, the other, uh, another big conference win was Bethany. Um, it's really hard to win. You know, anybody in our conference will tell you it's it's really hard to win down at Bethany. It's it's a tough drive down there. Um, so to win that game, one nothing was big was big for the guys. It kept us in um, the conference playoff hunt. So I think those two games were, um, you know, were were you know highlights for 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 sure for us for the season. I got to ask you now that you brought them up, Bethany. Do they play on the turf field or do they play on the grass field that they in that? Like you go down the hill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've played them on both, so I don't know. I don't know how they, how they do it or how they, um, you know, decide that we played them on the turf this year. They just got a new turf surface, which was nice Uh, um, at their football, you know, complex. Um, I played down on the grass field before, um, which again, you have all these tie-ins, right? Like when I was at Williams, like Williams won, I think the 94 national championship and Bethany uh-huh. might've won the 93. Or 93. Yeah. 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 They so were it was good for a few years when I, yeah. when I, I played them there and it was, I mean, they had some real ballers. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, like, so it's, it's, it was always fun playing on their, like, you know, when I first started coaching, we played at Bethany a few times and we mm-hmm. usually played on their grass and uh, it was always fun, right? You just, you know, um, it's kind of a nice little bowl there and, yeah. you know, old, old school grass facility. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we played them on the turf this year. Yeah. yeah. Neat little school. Like you drive and, and it's West Virginia, you know, yeah, and all of yeah. a sudden you're like, Hey, here's Bethany. And it's, yeah, it just pops up rolling hills everywhere. It's got to be your, everyone's calves there must be monstrous, you know, from yeah. <laughs> yeah. walking up hills and yeah. Well, they have, they have so many, you know, good international players on the team yeah. too, you know? Yeah. So do they still do they? Yeah. Do they yeah. Still? So yeah. Frank, Frankie, the coach there, I believe he played there and mm-hmm. um, he's kind of brought that back. They have, you know, really good, um, I know like some really good players from Argentina, the Caribbean. So yeah. uh, like I said, with the contrasting styles of the pack, you know, that's yeah. a completely different uh, game than, you know, if you're going to play Geneva, for instance. Yeah. They used to have like Irish guys. Yeah. Back in, like in the nineties when they won the national championship, they, they, they were loaded with, they had to have a coach who would fly in for preseason, like <laughs> manage preseason and then leave. And then you come back for the postseason. Like that's, that's how, yeah it, yeah, was, it was a little intimidating. They'd march down, the students would march down, bang in a drum down that hill. Okay. And then go around, dance around the soccer ball. And it's like, you don't see that. And you're like, no, what no. is going on? Yeah. So, and yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that's allowed anymore, but, um, <laughs> so, um, was there anything that you thought was, maybe particularly challenging or some things that you had to deal with unexpected that you thought were like, this is not normal. Like I shouldn't have to be dealing with this. Is that. Yeah. I mean, you can uh, like injuries are always like the convenient Mm -hmm. excuse. I mean, I think most coaches always know, Hey, we're going to probably, we're probably going to have one or two like serious injuries are going to pop up at some point, whether they're season ending or weeks lasting. 
Um, and I mean, we had from the start to finish of the season, we had probably four guys that were, were starters or would, would be starters for us that, uh, you know, two ACLs, uh, an MCL and uh, a fractured ankle. So it was, um, and, and a couple of those were early third and fourth game of the season to, to two guys that were going to start. So, um, that was, that was particularly difficult. Um, you know, probably our best, best one V one player in terms of like goal scoring and goal creation. Um, he went down at that Westminster game I was just talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he created this, the second goal for us, the game winner, um, off the dribble. And then like two minutes later, as we're, we're defending to see the game out, he, mm-hmm. um, he injured his leg and, and was done for the season. So, um, and then one of our freshman midfielders from Pittsburgh, um, he, he got injured, uh, third game of the season, fourth against Penn state Altoona. Yeah. Um, and, and he was, he was playing really well. So those were like tough because our our weaknesses towards the end of the season right in conference play where we had a really Mm -hmm. tough time with goal scoring and goal creation I think those were two players that you know would have helped us out immensely um in some of those zero zero games can we find something they were creators to find something so I think that for us was really the only you know challenge was trying to configure the lineup once different guys went down and how do we put our best 11 on the field and you know who can give us some um, can can keep our defensive identity when they go in, but they can yeah. give us some, you know, some punch, you know, in the final yeah. third. So, yeah. yeah, that was that was the most that was the most injuries I've dealt with on a serious nature, and you know, and I think this was my twelfth year coaching in college. So, um, this was the first, you know, this was probably the most I've had to deal with in terms of long, long injuries. Whereas, yeah. like, we actually didn't really have as a team, we didn't have too much of like groin pulls or strains yeah. and. Um, we do a lot of recovery and yoga and stuff like that to prevent that. But, um, yeah, the, the, the serious stuff, we just couldn't, we just couldn't, uh, get past. Yeah. yeah. All right. I got to ask you, yeah, cause you, you, you had two ties and it's, this is a old topic, but are, are you, do you like no overtimes or do, would you prefer to battle it out? I, I, I prefer to, to battle it out. Um, I can see, but I can see the reasoning. Like I, I came from the NESCAC, so I can see mm-hmm. the reasoning with some of the conferences where it's like, yeah. where are you looking at? Maybe NESCAC is playing Saturday and Sunday, UAA, who sometimes UAA is playing Friday, Sunday, and they're on a flight, you know, the days in between. Yeah. So across the country, it's just, it's just different. You know, each, each conference is different in the landscape. I mean, we play Wednesday, Saturday or Tuesday, Saturday. So it's not, mm-hmm. I don't think it's as much of an issue for us. Um, so I think, I mean, whether the regular season um, component changes, like I'm a huge, huge proponent of golden goal. Like I just think uh, that should be, you know, that should be the case, particularly in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I think like all your memory, all my memories as a player or yeah, yeah. some of my memories as a coach. And I'm sure a lot of coaches would, would talk about that is, is the golden goal moment when your team scores in, in the first or second overtime. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, I mean, I don't think it's like, it doesn't keep me up at night, like thinking about it, but, um, I yeah. hope not. Like, oh. yeah, <laughs> we had so many, uh, we had so many close games this year. Um, and I think the year before we had four, maybe four or five draws. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's almost like ask me on the day. Right. Cause like yeah. we tied W and J this year and I probably, I was like the game ended. We were down a few starters with injuries and I was like, okay, I'm happy to get out I'm of here. Packing it in. Let's go, boys, on the bus. <laughs> I'm happy to get out of here with the draw. But then, like, 
we played Teal a couple weeks later, and we yeah. were second half. We were just you know battering the goal, battering the goal, and it's like I wish we could add an overtime. So, but you know, you know what the parameters are going in for it. It, it makes you adjust as a coach a little bit earlier in the second half um, to like, okay, we have momentum in this game. We really got to We really got to push for the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, we're not. We don't have momentum. So let's let's try to get the draw. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a proponent of you know let's let's play in overtime. Let's always mm-hmm. try to get a winner out of it. But um, you know, my, my, yeah. more of my take is like, can we get postseason play to that back to that goal? Yeah, goal? yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be fun, I think. Yeah, because even like let's yeah. say a tournament, like those teams are always playing back to back until the final four, and now you're yeah. saying no golden goals, so now they got to play yeah. twenty minutes no matter what, you know. Yeah. And I think so if you're trying that's, to, that's a very health, good point. Yeah, that's for really good player point. safety. Like, you know, NCAA tournament time, like at least make that golden goal. So, you know, if someone's playing a, a late Saturday game, they can, you know, they don't have to drag it on for twelve more minutes to before they play mm. on Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, it. What Amherst went to OT in the semifinals, and you know, yeah. so yeah, so they're they're playing that that state OT. They went to PKs, so but yeah, but. Yeah, you could see why then all of a sudden I think it changes, right? Like I think a coach just natural, right? Your your the parameters of the game change, so you adapt to those parameters. So I yeah, think I yeah. think the lack of overtime changes the way you coach, even in subtle ways. Yeah. Uh, I think, right? Like and I think once you go into OT, knowing that you have to do the whole you know, the whole twenty minutes changes your perception and what you're doing and who you're putting in who you're you know oh my god can i keep that guy out there his legs got to be like you know know, two by fours by now and it just um so yeah and i mean i think if you're a team that's going to win in the tournament like the national tournament you have to have a inherently deep team i don't think there's many that are playing 14 guys and getting through that so you know, if the regular season, you're saying overtime's so well, it's going to tax my guys. Well, you know, I think one of the staples of Division Three should be deep benches. And, yeah. um, like, if you look at the national champions of, of years past, you know, Tufts yeah. during their heyday, they had their their next seven or eight guys off the bench were arguably just as good as the guys in the starting 11. Messiah yeah. was always that way. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, yeah. So, I, you know, it should it should – it, it, it should, as a positive, right? If you bring back overtimes in the regular season, it it should force coaches to to play more yeah. guys, right? Yeah. yeah, that that's a that's a great point you raise because um, I I, I I watch a lot more games than probably I should. I'll just say, <laughs> like, <laughs> me too, me too. Some really good games and some not so good games, but one of the common themes of that you watch so you you know you re- mentioned the nezcaks the, the the key to the nezcaks success i think is that you know when they start making the subs and bringing guys on there's not a drop off whereas you look at teams that aren't sort of of that stature of that level the first thing that you notice is that there's a I'll even say a temporary drop off, right? Where these guys are coming in and they're trying to figure out what's going on, but you you do see it, you do see a drop off. Um, yeah. Or you see teams that just don't make the subs because they know that that's going to happen, um, and those teams will never get to the, I think to to anywhere close to a national championship just 
just because they don't have the legs to get them there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what we've been trying. I mean, that's, that's ultimately what we want to do here. Like we want to play, you know, 17, 18 guys in a match. Like we want to keep guys fresh throughout the season. Um, And I think you see sustained success when you're able to do that. There's better buy-in, you know, like Grove Grove city and our conference is a good example. They always play a very deep bench and Mm -hmm. they still have success throughout, throughout the season. So um, that's, that's what we're trying to do here too. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. That's 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 the other part of it, right? Like the whole culture aspect and getting yeah. buy-in from your team. Like if you're just playing eleven guys of a thirty-man roster, you're going to have trouble at some yes. point. Like I, yes. I think that's just human nature, right? Somebody's going to rebel. People are going to be unhappy. That sort of. But if you yeah. play eighteen, you know, a th- two-thirds of your roster, that's a big, big, big difference in yeah. terms of team chemistry right i think that's a huge mm. difference but um, for sure yeah that's interesting I, that's that's an interesting conversation but um i i was gonna ask oh th- this is another rules thing so yeah all right so you're getting more training sessions during the during the spring which is good I, i'd assume that you would you would also like to have more games always is that, always <laughs> is that fair like yeah c- training to train is fun i guess but it's for the game right you do it for the games um let me ask you do you do you have any thoughts on on like would you be a proponent of sort of figuring out a way to 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 make the regular season longer play the same amount of games and not be impacted, but just have, you know, 10 extra days in that calendar. Would you? Yeah. I think whether it's at the beginning or at the end, I mean, I think every coach would, would, would agree with that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's with, with the, the fall sports in particular, it's just such a sudden thing. Like our guys get here, we might have eight or nine days together that basically a week of preseason, you know, give or take a couple days. And then, you're and then class classes are started, right? Classes yep. are started. You have freshmen that are, um, you know, in it for the first time and you're still trying to put in some of your structures to your team, right? In that mm-hmm. first week or two weeks of the actual season. So um, I think, and I think the other thing is just to get the best performances. Like if you start the games a few days earlier, even, um, and, and just, do it, do the best job you can in terms of eliminating, um, you know, the, the, you know, 24 hour turnaround to play a game, those types of things. Um, you'll, you'll just get better quality play. You'll get less injuries. Like we saw that with our team, um, you know, serious injuries could be a result of just, you know, you're, you're tired, you're overused and, um, you're, you're more, more inclined to get injured, more likely to get injured. So, um, yeah, I think, for the whole build, right? I mean, like referencing all the way back to the talk you had with, with the Adrian college president, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think athletics is such an institutional driver now that like a large, yeah, I mean, our guys are coming here to, you know, study in our business school or study STEM or study, mm-hmm. you know, computer science, you know, some of our top programs. That's certainly a reason why they chose it. But, you know, I the two years, I the two classes of recruits that I played a part in, mm-hmm. you know, a large part of their decision obviously is to be able to play college soccer and college play soccer. Absolutely. with, with the, with the team they met here, you know, on their yeah. visit and the, and the coaches they met here on their visit. So um, I think the more you give them in that, I, I don't, I don't think there's like, I don't think 
there's any appetite on our our team right for like less like less, less. is more right i think they <laughs> yeah. want more right they're like yeah, yeah. they're they're asking me like why are we only playing one spring spring yeah. you know spring date yeah. you know why aren't we playing more games yeah. um you know why aren't we practicing you know you know like division one teams are you know they get back in january and they start practicing right so it's yeah um i think we're you know we're we're ready for that but there's there's certainly constraints oh, yeah division three budgets and yeah, yeah. you know uh, that, that's probably the key driver there. I, I talked to, um, um, Katie Boldvich of the landmark conference, the president of the landmark conference, and then, uh, Sarah Odie at, of the Ohio athletic conference. And, and, and it's, it's definitely a subject of discussion, right? Is how do you, how do you do that? Right? Like the, well, football has the accl- acclimatization <laughs> week or whatever it's, it's yeah. like that's it. I haven't had enough coffee today. To yeah, say cl- like acclimatization. That. Ten, say that <laughs> ten times, ten, ten times. times fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. And how do you normalize that across athletics? Right, because I mean, look, and I'm not. It, this isn't a case of I'm not. It's not a comparative thing, good or making a judgment, good or bad, but. It is unequal how how different programs, and it's not just soccer, have a completely different schedule, right? Like, and then in comparison to somebody else. So, you know, in the fall, football's there 10 days earlier. Yeah. And soccer shows up, and they have 20 days to get ready. Actually, longer, because their first games are not until – Usually that first week in September, first weekend in September. Yeah. Whereas soccer doesn't have that luxury because you have to play so many games, and so you're starting a little bit earlier. And I, I think that's definitely something that, and I don't think it's super expensive. Uh, I mean, it's again, let me hit that easy button, right? Yeah. I'm spending other people's money, but I gotta believe bringing in a program a week earlier isn't the overhead on that can't be so dramatic where it's going to break a bank. Right. Like, I yeah. I mean, know. you know, our football's here, right. The trainers yeah. are already here. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's essentially feeding, feeding the guys for, yeah. Uh, you know, an extra, an extra week. So an extra week. And yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, I, I have, you know, my thoughts on that. I, I said, add a, add a, add a, add a week at the beginning. So if you're reporting the 17th, now you report to 10th, right? Like, yeah. so that one week, um, and then the national championship is a week later. And so yeah. all you've done is you just sort of taken your season and you stretched it and you do that enough. You're going to end up with three or four weeks where you're just playing one game, like yeah. on a weekend, if you want it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like we had a week this season where we played Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. Um, Cause like the guys want to play games, right? If you, yeah. you only play 15 games, it's different than if you play 18 or 19. You know, um, they want to play games. And when you have a bigger, you know, if you have 30, 35 guys, you know, you want to schedule like nine, nine, 10 non-conference games, because that's, those are games where you can get more guys in and and play a deeper bench and try things out. So, yeah. Um, All right. A couple more questions and I'll, I'll let you get on with your day and you can prepare for your conference meeting with the coaches. Um, What are your, what are your plans for the spring? Like, what do you, do you have any set of objectives or are you just starting to figure that out after, you know, just finishing your season? 
Yeah, I mean, our like a couple of the objective objectives stay the same, right? I mean, we um, you know, we want to get the guys, particularly uh, in this time frame in the winter months, we want to get them, um, you know, into a regular weightlifting routine, into a regular, you know, strength conditioning routine, um, particularly for freshmen, like they tend to have like a lot of room to grow in those areas, like to get bigger, faster, stronger, so to speak. Um, and then, you know, this, so that's, that's something that always stays the same. And, uh, I think from a like playing standpoint, we're always like, we're always experimenting a little bit more in the spring than we would Mm -hmm. in a fall season. Like, so, you know, we'll experiment with some, you know, maybe player X at, you know, at, at center back where he's been a center mid or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think for us, but for us in particular this spring, I think, um, with, with where we talked about early, earlier this morning, like in some of our weaknesses lie, I think we really want to hone, um, you know, our attacking structure and attacking movements and become yeah. a bit more like refined and, and, uh, clinical, um, with a lot of that stuff. So I think that's going to be a focus for us, um, with getting more sessions, I think, um, to give our guys like active gameplay. I think, you know, we've talked a lot about like, can we do like, session session and then the inner squad of sorts right Mm -hmm. so that yeah we're not playing different opponents but we'll mix up you know we're fortunate enough we have um i think 29 healthy guys right now of the returners Mm -hmm. um you know we should have 30 you know we have 31 um eligible to return plus two guys that might take a grad you know final grad (laughs) grad year for for the COVID year next Mm -hmm. next fall um so we're fortunate enough we can be we can play inner squad so i think that's Mm -hmm that's going to be a focus in terms of like development is, you know, session, session, maybe working on very similar things. And then inner squad, can we try to implement that on both sides? Um, and then, you know, continue that until we get to our spring play day and alumni game. And that's, that's towards the end of April. So um, I think those are the focuses for us is we have a younger, a younger team, a younger roster. And um, so can we get, you know, can we get yeah. uh, stronger for, for the college game, uh, yeah. quicker for the college game, some of those athletic traits? You, you, you do. I mean, when you said young, I was like, yeah, you do have a lot of freshmen. Like, freshmen. Yeah, I think we had 30, 35 guys rostered, somewhere around that number, and I think mm-hmm. 27, again, in roundabout estimates, were, yeah. fre- were freshmen or sophomores. So sophomores, yeah. We had th- three juniors and five seniors, so yeah. – um, yeah, we have a lot of, you know, potential for growth. Um, cause I think in coaching, I think the biggest jumps you usually see are from that freshman to the sophomore year sophomore for year. a variety yeah. of reasons. Yeah. And then they hit their stride the junior year. That's what yeah. I always find. It's like, that's the peak for, I don't know if that's right, but yeah, in my view, it's like the ju- juniors tend to outperform the seniors. I think yeah. Then cause on... seniors start thinking about yeah yeah yeah. market internships what's next and yeah juniors uh as as guys still hungry procrastinate things until the last to the last minute which would be senior year yeah um well i will say if you decide to have inner squad scrimmages you know for a free t-shirt i will gladly offer myself up as a referee oh okay Um, and we'll come out there and 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 be your be a referee. Um, well, our assistant coaches would, would gladly give you a T-shirt to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or uh, even I'm game. I get out there. Yeah, seriously, I it's uh, I would I, I mean I I'm not I'm not saying, but it, like that's I love doing scrimmages. Yeah, love 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 more so than regular games, and I think it's 
I, I don't know why. I think it's because I, I think of it like as a coach, like I'm looking at it a little differently. Though. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I like I like to be the referee sometimes right in the middle of our guys. Yeah, right in the middle of the pack. Get a different view on it. Yeah, yeah. And then you start to ask yourself stuff like, why did you go there instead of there? Which is like, all you had to do is look and you were wide. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can keep out on that too. So, um, <laughs> all right, let me... Let me ask you the last question of the of the day and and maybe again still too early and um do you have any goals already set for the fall? Yeah, I mean I think our our goals will, you know, in terms of like the on-field results, um, you know, will stay similar like we want to get into postseason play, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I think St. Vincent's been a full-fledged NCAA Division three member for maybe 14, 15 years. Um, and the men's soccer program has never made um, the conference playoffs. Um, oh, wow. So I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So this this year, you know, this year, and I think, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago was the closest they've been. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, we were obviously in a scenario this year where, like, the last couple games of the season, right, if we if we can win two in a row, yeah. three in a row, we're, we're still in. So, yeah. Um, so I think that's that's the first goal, just because that will show some you know some some better signs of breakthrough. Um, but as we keep alluding to, I think we want to have you know a better a better like two sided system, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We we still want to keep that same defensive mentality and mm-hmm. uh, and energy and pressing schemes and and things that really frustrated our opponents. Um, but we want to you know develop our, some of our own guys to be those goal scorers, goal creators. Certainly bring in a few new fresh faces to, to give us a lift there. So mm-hmm. um, I think like, you know, in terms of, um, you know, the, the non-specific in terms of like result, result, result oriented, mm-hmm. um, I think we want to um, just feel better about, you know, our, ourselves as a team on both sides of the ball. And I think inherently when you do that, you know, the guys will have more belief and, and mm-hmm. better results will come. So I think those, you know, certainly, I mean, everybody, like I think I phrase it in, in preseason this year, at all eleven schools in the pack are meeting, and all eleven are saying our first goal is to make the conference make playoffs. Conference. Right? <laughs> yeah. Even even like the team that went ten, like Grove City went ten and zero the year before. Yeah. You know, Franciscan won the conference the year before. They're still saying the first goal on their sheet is pack playoffs. So it's yeah, yeah. you have eleven teams all doing all saying the same thing. So like, what are you doing to differentiate yourselves from yeah. the other eleven that all say the yeah. same thing? Right. Yeah, so. Yeah. I think that's where like a lot of those like, like like we mentioned before the culture drivers like what what are our what are our guy what is our guys mentality going to be like in January, February and March because that's when it's yeah. a little bit a little bit more difficult. Yeah. And 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 I would say right I I I'm a huge the spring to me is again another differentiator between yeah. those elite programs and everyone else right is they take such advantage of the spring not only the the training sessions but all the activities are they doing weights are they training are they doing speed and agility all those things your successful fall starts in that spring and i think that's the a big big component of it and yeah we have it yeah we have a uh, an Ironman competition here during our spring season, oh, nice. so we I won't we take, participate in that. <laughs> we take and I will I will not either. 
Uh, we, we, we pick 10 different categories that are a mix mm-hmm. of uh, fitness, speed and agility, weightlifting. Yeah. Uh, we do a little 4v4 round robin tournament. Um, and guys accumulate points for, you know, mm-hmm. 26 guys participate in, yeah. you know, the 40-yard dash. And you come in first, you get 26 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we add them all up and uh, we have an Ironman winner. So uh, I, I stole that from, from Aaron Sullivan at Williams. I thought... Uh, that's those, pretty but, cool. That's those great. Williams teams used to do it in preseason, you know, yeah. before the season started, which you're not even, I would never, you would never even get any type of uh, acceptance yeah. by athletic trainers to do that now, but <laughs> yeah. you spread it out, you do. So yeah, I stole, I, I stole, stole that from him. You're always, uh-huh. you're always stealing, stealing tidbits from different coaches. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love that idea. Yeah. It's probably, I got to believe if they're like, it's probably as hyper competitive as anything too. like guys just, yeah, we had uh, so our one of our captains Eduardo won it last year, mm-hmm. um, but one of our seniors Ben, who's like you know he's a gym gym fanatic, he's in right. there all the time. Like that was his whole goal in the spring. Like I got to win this Ironman. I got to win this Ironman. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he came in second. And he was he was bummed. He was bummed. Yeah. It's like agony of defeat. You yeah. know, like yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, coach, this is really good. I'm, seriously, this is this was really great getting a chance to to meet with you, talk, and and uh, do appreciate your insights into into St. Vincent's. I um um I, I wish you all the success, and I, we'll definitely have to do this again, uh, maybe in the preseason. Jeez, yeah, I'm already but like preseason yeah. preseason well let's let's get there let's get yeah. there yeah 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 and uh you know just to to keep tabs and see how things are going but yeah um, no, i appreciate you having me on paul and and i know i mentioned it before like i uh you know i'm sure all the good just tell you how, how much we appreciate avenues to get division three soccer out on the forefront such you. as yours and um, but i think even the bigger thing for me is like you know being able to hear from other other coaches other like really well-established successful coaches about like some of the same questions you asked me and getting their insights yeah. into how they run their teams. Like you're always, you're always like always learning something, whether it's Latrobe yeah. or Latrobe or yeah, Latrobe. What, what, a, what a coach is doing, you know, what a coach is doing in, in their spring yeah. season. So yeah. I, I think I, it's been great for the division three community. I, I will say, and, and I, I put you in this group, like one of the things that I've learned over all of these interviews is the the depth and breadth of the quality of coaches in division three that I don't think people talk enough about. And I think it's because, you know, 30 years ago, the assumption was division three. Oh, you'll have your, you'll have a gym guy who just got the job. And so he doesn't know anything about soccer. He's like the assistant basketball coach. And that is not like there are some real deal coaches yeah. and like i said i include include you in there and, and yeah. sort of your philosophy of the game and you're thinking of it and you're um so um, yeah i appreciate that yeah. all right thank you coach matt appreciate it and uh we will we'll definitely be in touch all right thanks again paul thanks